Time in the saddle, Chris Willemson, myself, Ryan O'Connor, and the very special guest this week. But before we get into the podcast, uh, this is a snippet of me taking my three-year-old daughter, Faith, uh, for her first ever outing to go and look for a bicycle. Do you like that bicycle? Mm. Is it a big bike or a small bike? That's a big bike. Is it a big bike for you? Mm. Do you want a smaller bike than that? Mm. Don't you like Pink. this bike? No. What color is this bike? Pink. Okay, and yours has got a bell. Can you pedal? Okay, Miss you pedal. Oh, you're going fast, eh? Whoa, watch where you're going, eh? How old are you? Three. Three, and you've never crashed on a bicycle yet, eh? No. Okay. So, Faith, do you want to go home now? No. You want to go home? Mm-mm. Mom's waiting for us. Mm-mm. What do you want to do? Do you want to ride more bicycles? Mm. What do you want to do? Ride more bicycles. Do you like the bicycles? Mm. You don't want to go home? Mm-mm. You want to ride more bikes? Okay, dogs. What a great way to start the podcast. Three-year-old Faith, my daughter, inside your store. And what a mission it was getting her out of there. Because once she's on the bicycle and she was going, she didn't want to go home. How's it, Chris? I'm good in your own. Good. Here we are. Now, there's a, a podcast of Time in the Saddle. We've just had the Giro d'Italia wrapping up. And what a win for Chris Froome. Unbelievable. Um, to see him three days ago to be three minutes down, mm-hmm. I would have never put money on it for him to get back. And, um, yeah, on the big mountain stage, he actually went on an attack 80 kilometers ago, pulled the time back and uh, rode himself into the pink jersey. Talking about the mountains, and I want to speak about this as we start this podcast, about gears. I want to talk a little bit about, um, you see and you watch, you watch cycling, watch guys like Chris Freeman, you, sp- you speak about the uh, uh, that massive mountain stage where he pulled away. Does he change the gears manually or is it all done automatically? Uh, I've wanted to know that because now the systems are in place for gears, gears to change on their own. Does he, does he still manual shift? They still manual, sh- uh, manual shift. Um, I think uh, they do all ride basically electronic gears. Hmm. Um, and you do get something called synchro shift, which actually the bike decides for you in which gear is the best ratio to ride. But I think in, in the top league, those guys would like to have their own control over the, the gears. Now, let's talk about, about gears because, uh, and again, let's be nostalgic here for a second. I remember having bicycle gears. There were two little stainless steel levers that had wires attached to them on the bottom bar of the, of the bicycle. Down, downshifters. The downshifters. Yeah. And you actually had to manually um, negotiate. I think the left-hand lever controlled the big one up front, uh, which was normally one of yeah. two different settings. It was either the, the big cog or the slightly smaller one in the front. And then the right-hand one had uh, the back controls in terms of the the back. And if it rained on on your way to school or if it rained when you're cycling, you had to dry those cables off because they're inevitably rusted. And uh, somewhere along the the lifespan of you having those gears, there's a good chance they'd snap and break. Yeah, definitely. In the beginning, they didn't even have the click system so you basically yes, have yes, to you yeah, balance, you balance it to get it in yeah. the perfect smoothest part 100%. of the gear and I remember because they had a little screw on the side I remember those screws loosening and then you couldn't actually push it down you couldn't actually hold them down to get into the lowest gear the lowest gear you had to push that entire lever down flat yeah, to get yeah. into what was then a granny gear which is the simplest gear that the bicycle had yeah. uh, to get going you didn't have that yeah. um, if that screw was loose and it would just keep going harder and harder and harder now uh, we've got gear ratios we've got 110s we've got 210s we've got um, let's talk about that quickly I I'm looking at a bicycle. I want to set up a bicycle. What's the standard configuration first for a road bike and then a mountain bike in terms of the gear setup? And when we say one, uh, a 12, by the way, one is the first uh, ring at the front, uh, being there's only one of them, and the 12, how many rings there are at the back and the back wheel of the bike? That's right. Yes, yeah. So road bike setup? Road bikes, uh, basically, at the moment, everything is 11 speed. So you've got 11 gears at the back and you still have two in front. 
Um, it's normally the, the gears at the back are slightly smaller than a mountain bike, which you don't go up as steep climbs as in sure. mountain biking. So you normally yeah. tend to ride at 25, 28, which is the lightest gear, the biggest one. Mm. And then um, in and mountain... That's, is that millimeters, sorry? 28 mils? No, that's the, that's the teeth on the car. The teeth on the right, and then uh, if you go over to mountain biking, you basically get the 11 speed and the 12 speed. So 12 speed is the latest thing that came out. Shimano just launched their 12 speed. So you've got one gear in front, but then at the back, you've got a 10 and a 50. So it's a massive gear basically to get up climbs. So you don't need that granny gear anymore. You've got yeah. one gear and that will 50 get you teeth. 50 teeth. So it's it's massive. You can imagine <laughs> how big how big that is. And how necessary is that for for uh, a mountain bike? I mean, is it fifty is going to you're going you're going to fly up a hill on a fifty? Really, you're going to be pedaling, uh, you're going to be pedaling a lot, yeah, yeah, moving sure. very slowly. Especially now that they went away from two by, so you don't have yeah. two blades in front anymore. Mm-hmm. You only have one, so you need that fifty. You don't have that granny gear, easy gear anymore. Sure. The argument is though now, as a beginner on a mountain bike, do I go with two in the front or do I go now to this to, to the one that everyone's going to? If you if you look at Shimano, they've got a two by eleven and a one by eleven. SRAM, which is the competitive or competitor from Shimano, only yeah. have one by eleven. So the nice thing about Shimano, if you do go two by eleven, mm. you can always as you get stronger, you can just take the front chainring uh, off. Swap it do, out. Yeah, it's Clever. not going to cost you anything more. Clever. But then you've got a eleven speed, so it's best of both worlds to, to start off with. That's for mountain biking. What about road cycling? Road cycling always eleven speed, and you'll you'll. St- stick to two in front so okay. two by 11 it's called and then you get two different ratios you get a standard one and you mm. get a compact one compact okay. is just a bit smaller right. to get easier up the climbs okay uh, and then when it comes to the future i mean i hear people talking now and and you mentioned the largest uh, cog in the back being uh, having 50 teeth i'm hearing rumors of there being 52s uh, and even bigger so i mean you know they're trying to make it as simple as possible for people to get on a bicycle and climb hills mm, shimano i mean shimano actually launched their 1051 so they went one step higher than than SRAM to give you that slightly lighter gear and I think to have something different than SRAM so and then of course you go over to electronic which yeah, is, is something different again. We've had terrible water restrictions in the Western Cape and we know uh, that with winter coming and winter being here we've already had quite a bit of downfall. Uh, it rains anywhere in the country and for mountain bikers it shouldn't put you off we've mentioned this before going out to go and cycle uh, but when it comes to maintaining your bike even if you are going out and halfway through your cycle it rains a little bit you come back whether you're on a road bike or a mountain bike applying and lubricating parts of your bike yourself uh, that kind of a home maintenance you know uh, you get back from a mountain bike um, outing or a road bike you've had a bit of rain uh, and now again we're looking at the exposed elements which are naturally your gears um, buying oil oiling how often should one oil a chain how often should one look at applying mm-hmm. oil to the uh, the gear the gears at the back of the bike etc how often should one be doing that you know I normally say every time after you wash your bike or you went riding in the in the wet or the rain um, sand and water is a nightmare. It gets in between anywhere. Mm. It eats your drivetrain, which is called your gears, everything, your bearings. So I would say, I mean, after after a wash, you have to loop the, the, the chain for sure. And it's nothing worse than a noisy chain. Um, and where you can grease and, and lubricant to keep everything, you know, to expand the lifetime yeah. of your components. So almost every cycle? Yeah, and in summer, you're not going to do it every day. Um, It depends. Mountain biking, you get more sand and water compared to road cycling. But I mean, especially after a wash, or you can hear your chain is is a bit dry Mm. and you can just lubricate it. When you upgrading your gears, is it? I mean, I've always asked the question as a cyclist who's moved from bicycle to bicycle, is it worth buying? How much difference does it make buying more expensive 
gear in terms of the uh, the, the components, like you mentioned, uh, uh, SRAM and Shimano, and they've got various series within that they bring out. Uh, for example, the XT and the XTR. Is the R worth the money as opposed to the XT? Will it make a huge difference to me as a cyclist cycling? I think if you're a competitive rider, then yeah. I mean, those kind of guys look for every marginal gains weight-wise. Shifting performance is slightly better. If, if you're going to be blindfolded and you, you're an entry-level rider or a mid-rider, you're not really going to realize the difference. Mm. Also, bear in mind, um, in the more expensive or top-end components you go, the more expensive it gets to replacing if the drivetrain or the COGS cassette. So the, the medium range like Shimano XT, I would say, is, is more than enough. The lifespan on it is longer, and it's not going to cost you your arm and a leg if you have to replace it. Nice. This is what this podcast is about. We try and be uh, as informative as possible to you to making making a decision out there as to what you should be buying. Uh, of course, the more expensive and the more money you do spend, the more, uh, in some ways, durable, the more better the product is, if you'd like to say, because uh, the uh, the composites that they're using, whether it be carbon or graphite or whatever, uh, is going to be slightly more durable and harder uh, than a, a slightly cheaper product. But each to their own. There's nothing, nothing, if you're a weekend warrior, stopping you from start, uh, starting s- uh, somewhere with like an entry-level uh, whatever components and then Building, building on from there, uh, the better you get, and the more that you, you know, you, you, the serious mm. you get in whatever mountain biking or road cycling. Yeah. Let's now talk about uh, equipment because uh, an equipment in the sense of that we've got a guest that is with us on this podcast, and it's a guest that um, that kind of intrigues both of us because we're at that stage of our cycling where we go out and it's a group of guys uh, every uh, week. It's more, more more or less the same guys that go out cycling, but our partners don't cycle with us. Now, many people do as couples go out and cycle together. Uh, a lot of families have an individual or individuals in the family that go and cycle. So the very first thing that I I happen to buy and thinking that it would be the perfect way to catch, his, catch these and capture these moments is a GoPro. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, a lot of cyclists normally want to see what they what they look like or how they look yeah. in a mirror or on the trails. Yeah. And um, that's the best thing, small, compact, best thing to, to carry with you and capture those moments. And it's become more than just a cyclist's necessity. It's become almost a way of life for a lot of people capturing their life's memories and moments. So this uh, podcast features a special guest. He comes from Omnico. He's responsible for GoPro in South Africa. Sean Rubenstein, uh, hi, how's it? Hey, how's it, guys? <laughs> Great to be here. It's yeah. good to have you here because your product really is, you know, once you've set yourself up in terms of equipment on a bicycle uh, and you want to get out there and mountain bike the very first thing that you do when you're when you're out in mother nature and it's if it's your first cycle in the middle of wherever you stop for a second and you realize geez this is amazing where i am right now i wish i could capture this moment and let my family see it let my friends see it colleagues because we we live in the in the in the age of social media and sharing sharing content sharing special experiences that's where GoPro kind of has thought, you know, you know, kind of has thought there's a massive gap in the market for this. And not just for capturing this moment, but making sure we can bring out a device that's durable, it's easy to use, fits into your pocket. And by pocket, I mean that you're, you're, you're bicycling bib. And at the same time, can capture exactly what you're experiencing right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it truly is amazing. Um, and I think looking back over the years, the, the improvements GoPro have made in doing just what what you've said yes. in the beginning they came out with this camera that could do all of these things but it was actually really difficult to edit um, and share their content you know yeah. you actually needed a macbook to be able to handle the the files that that were so big and yes. such good quality now it's all on mobile it's super easy super quick um, to do to record your camera it's, you don't have to turn it on and find settings you press one button the camera turns on starts recording immediately everything's been geared 
um, perfectly for capturing or awesome moments and then sharing those moments. The apps now edit the, the content for you. Um, you can go directly from the app to Instagram stories. Uh, just everything's been done to focus on getting that experience from you living it live to sharing it with, with, with family and friends. And like you say, when we're in the most beautiful country uh, in the world and when we're out there and we're sharing sharing these great moments with people, and it's inspiring, you yeah. know, and I think we all need some inspiration in our life and let's share it. Let's show the world that, that we get out there and we uh, dominate the trails. You know, it's it's strange because this is a cycling uh, podcast, but we were, I was chatting with friends the other day at a birthday party and uh, it was it was a one-year-old birthday party and because this is the stage of my life I'm going through. I'm going to <laughs> one-year-old birthday parties and two-year-olds because we've got little kids. But we're talking about um, the day of having a SLR camera where you'd you'd lug it along with you and you'd take pictures of a, of a kiddie's party and then you'd put that away and you'd have a smaller, maybe compact camera to go down to the beach and shoot pictures at the beach and then you'd put that away and then you'd need some another kind of camera if you wanted to go out and do anything else. Um, and we were just talking about cameras in general and this bloke didn't have, he didn't have a GoPro but he saw the one I was using and he was like, listen, will this, I said, you know what, there's no better camera for any situation that life will throw at you, whether it's a birthday party, being outdoor, being at the beach, than a GoPro. I said, listen, it's actually made every other camera I own obsolete because of everything it does. The battery life is now great on, on all the Euro products, and then they've always been good, but they're exceptionally good. It'll, it'll shoot an entire party I want to shoot on one single battery charge. The, you mentioned the editing facility, and I think that that's something that really um, GoPro have nailed in terms of the last, especially the last uh, six months. I, I say six months because um, when, when, when you launched the Fusion, which we'll get to in a bit as well, um, people were saying, listen, it's, it's, you're going to have to uh, take both SD cards out, plug it into a MacBook, etc. And GoPro went, we hear you, we see you, bang. We'll sort the software out and it's all now, as you mentioned, available for you to edit with one push of a, of a finger in uh, in an app, uh, which which you now do. So so to answer, just to come back to that, when I told this person the GoPro was the way to go and they looked and they said, but surely this small little uh, device the size of a thumb cannot replace, I said, trust me with it. They went out, they got it. Uh, two days later, I got a phone call to say, what was I doing with an SLR? I said, well, I told you. I told you so. It's kind of not just the, the, the lifestyles, uh, outdoor lifestyle, but it's everything in between uh, that you find as well. And you see the people telling their stories, uh, whether it's birthdays, birthday parties, kiddies' birthday parties, time with the family at the beach or on the trails. It's just it's, it's all in one camera. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and the way, like you said, the way it, mer- it, it interacts with your cell phone, it's Yes, the cell phone has a great um, camera and it's always in your pocket. So cell phone cameras are, are brilliant. Yeah. But you cannot give it to your three-year-old daughter and no. say, hey, run around, capture what you can, go yeah. crazy, jump in the pool. You have your GoPro with you. You can literally do absolutely everything. Um, it downloads immediately. So my daughter as well, four years old, had a party the other day. By the time we had driven from the party home, the content had downloaded from the camera onto the phone, created a little edit for me. And I had a one-and-a-half-minute edit that I could then share with my butt living in the U.K., Immediately, it was like 20 minutes off the party and you had it. You know, yeah. while I was at the party, I could have gone Instagram stories directly. Mm. Um, so, yeah, it really is, uh, it's bridged that gap. Let's talk about the latest product. It's Fusion. And now for those of you who, uh, who've who never used a, a, a camera that's able to take 360 degree photographs and videos, and not only videos in 4K, but in, what's it, 5.2K? Uh, it's just mind-blowingly um, um, pioneering in terms of what they're doing. I mean, we've heard of 360 degree cameras before, but no camera has... Uh, or nobody's made it as possible for you to do what you're doing and have it readily av- available as GoPro has. I mean, they've just they've just gone, listen, we're going to get into this market and we're going to own this market. 
Yeah, it, it, it blows my mind. And I've taken a little time to sort of play with it and, and assess it. And it's so much more than just a 360 mm. camera. I mean, I can put the camera here and we can film f- and have our room in 360. But it's so much more than that. It's it's directionless capturing. Sure. Um, so which means I can put the camera on my head or on my handlebars and I can press record. It's then capturing everything. In the app, they've got a feature called Overcapture, oh, which this. you then can can pan across, and you're basically creating a normal flat um, video. Yeah. But you can choose which direction you you wanting so to. So you the director. You the director. You can you focus f- on somebody cycling next to you. You can zoom in on them. Absolutely. Zoom in on their handlebars. Zoom out. Absolutely. Go around to the guy behind you. Now this is all will shooting. I mean, this is just a part of the 360, like uh, like Sean mentioned, of the the, the, the movie you're shooting. It's like where, where is it going to end? It's, it's, it's never crazy. End. Uh, three four years ago, it would take you a multiple multi camera multi crew setup to do this. People can do this now from the comfort of their bicycle in terms of shooting the footage and then when they're stopping for a coffee they can quickly edit some of the footage that they've shot on that on that little it's, it's just mind-blowing yeah there's a brilliant clip um actually on nino shota's um yeah. instagram uh page when he was when he was uh, at the at the world cup i think he was practicing the day before he had one camera one fusion like sticking off uh, the front of his handlebars like that and he's got front uh, angles going down. He's got his mates riding past him on the side, and you sort of have him panning across. Um, you have it facing him and watching him, and his concentration, his eyes going through the rock garden. And this was one camera. Mm. I mean, and you, in the past, you would, like you say, you would need a yeah. whole editing team, mm. guys with like special like um, cable cams riding down the side of him to show the, his mates coming past. It's it's gone. It's done. Uh, it's so simple. And for me, it's not the 360 um, degree filming. Yeah, mm. it's a it's a cool feature and 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 there are certain elements like a like a concert or something where it's really cool to sure. have like a 360 video and, and, and experience of it yeah but it's more that directionless capturing it's yes just brilliant you know uh, i do a lot of surf ski paddling as well yeah. put it on the back of my boat if a dolphin jumps up got behind it. i got it you know <laughs> if i'm otherwise i can choose whatever i want to i want to see and and in, in the past you couldn't do that there's yeah. so many things that you miss by having your camera di- facing facing one direction and it's it's now done sean thank you very much uh, chris and i look forward to playing with our fusions chris and i are the winter our technology so we're looking forward to getting our sticks out and hopefully this coming weekend it looks like it's going to be clear week uh, weekend weather for you and i to get out our gopro fusions and have a bit of fun with that today Definitely. I mean, this weekend. Looking forward to it. Nice. Speaking of this weekend, uh, Chris has got a list of uh, events happening. Also, just weather-wise in Johannesburg, 19 degrees on Saturday. You've got clear skies this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. All looking clear, although crisp mornings. Please be visible. Make sure that the uh, other cyclists and other motorists can see you when you're out on the road if you leave early. Uh, and you're heading towards nice weather in Johannesburg, although, as I mentioned, it's going to be chilly. In Cape Town, rain on Saturday, 16 degrees with some rain. It won't stop us getting out on our mountain bikes this weekend because Sunday's going to clear up it's going to be about 18 19 degrees and the whole of next week chris Willemser jr and i will be on our bicycles bicycles because it's going to be about 21 22 degrees really? yeah it's going to oh, be beautiful nice. weather let's talk about the events happening so on saturday we've got the waterberg traverse in the limpopo it's two distances 299 kilometer and 170 <laughs> near manuelis mull if Imagine. you're doing 299 this coming weekend a bit far-fetched you have spent lots of time in the saddle yeah Take your chamois cream, huh? Yeah, take it. Your chaff, your groins, your yeah, your fufun holland is going to be very sore <laughs> after the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, also there's the ride to Phoenix. That's uh, in uh, Bloemfontein. That's a hundred and fifty kilometer. Okay, where the where the where the easiest stuff that you and I can do? 
Um, well, we can actually, on Saturday, we can go and take part um, in the Western Province Cross Country Series. <laughs> yeah, so the two donkeys at the back. That's actually nice. They've opened a, a new trail in Blumendal. That's all Ooh, happening stunning. at Blumendal, the cross country track. It's a, a, quite a technical thing, um, but it's actually a good race to go and watch. Uh. Nice. I'm going to be out there watching. Please go and support locals as well. I love what they do, what they've done at Blumendal and uh, Tigerberg Mountain Club. Well done to uh, uh, they're just on, on maintaining and making sure that there's exciting new stuff for the riders out there. And then lastly, on Sunday, they've got the Gauteng Enduro Cup, the second one. And um, that's about it for the weekend. Stunning. Hope you enjoyed this podcast. Available for download now on iTunes as well. Chris Philipson Jr., myself, and then Sean from GoPro. Nice to have him here. Uh, We'll talk more cycling and everything in Time in the Saddle when we bring you podcast four next week.